The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Get more from your store with Safeway's Fresh Pass program and enjoy more services like unlimited free delivery and all your grocery needs. More exclusive perks like 5% off every day on your favorite organic or open nature items across the stores and more rewards that never expire. Get Safeway's Fresh Pass to enjoy exclusive perks, unlimited free delivery, and more. You can start your 30-day free trial today. Visit Safeway.com slash Fresh Pass for program details. Service available in select areas. Safeway.com slash Fresh Pass. This podcast may discuss topics graphic in nature and possibly triggering to survivors. We value the safety and well-being of all of our listeners, so please practice personal discretion. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of The Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week it's my turn, and the next week it's mine. You still think it's in my head, but I'm walking with the dead. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our lovely listener, Jacqueline, for recommending this case. Thank you. Born on August 13, 1997, Samantha L. Josephson grew up in Robbinsville, New Jersey. She was known to be smart, energetic, selfless, and really had a passion and a desire from a young age to travel and make a difference in the world. And her future plans truly captured all of this. She had her sights set on becoming an international lawyer and even wanted to be considered the next Amal Clooney, which is a direct quote from her Alpha Gamma Delta sorority sisters. But her big dreams and bright future were cut short mere weeks before completing her political science degree from the University of South Carolina, otherwise known as USC. Our story starts in Columbia, South Carolina at a bar called Bird Dog. 
where loud music blasts from the bar speakers and blue-green lights rhythmically flash in the otherwise dark establishment. Theme nights, cheap drinks, and a menu of chicken sandwiches, wings, and jello shots keep college kids coming back for more weekend after weekend. All of that coupled with the fact that it's smack dab in the middle of the Five Points District, which is about a mile or so from the USC main campus and university housing, has made Bird Dog and other bars in that area the hot spot for college nightlife. Sounds great to me. And as a late Thursday night bled into the early morning hours of Friday, March 29th, 2019, Samantha Josephson and her roommates were just a handful of college kids having a good time. The 21-year-old and her roommates were celebrating a few things, actually. Samantha's upcoming college graduation and the fact that she had earned not one, but two law school scholarships. A full-ride scholarship to Drexel University as well as a partial scholarship to Rutgers. That's amazing. You know, to be honest, working in higher education, you don't hear about that all too much. So she must have really worked super hard during her undergraduate. The evening started off lighthearted and fun. The group of friends were having a really good time, like they always did when they went to Bird Dog and other bars in the Five Points District. But as the evening was winding down, Samantha somehow became separated from the others. When the bar closed at 2 a.m. and Samantha still couldn't find her group of girlfriends, she called herself an Uber. She wasn't about to wait and maybe or maybe not find her friends. Remember, it's 2 a.m., everyone's been partying, it's time to get home. And she figured she'd meet her friends back at the university apartment that they all shared. And despite being separated from the group, Samantha wasn't worried or scared for her safety. In fact, she felt comfortable and somewhat safe knowing that she'd been in contact with Greg Corbishley throughout the night and that he was just a phone call away if she needed him. Now, Greg was her boyfriend of two years. They had begun dating in spring 2017 and were deeply, deeply in love. They did everything together, including dreaming of a future together 10 and 20 years down the road. Greg has said that Samantha was the love of his life and that he envisioned them visiting Samantha's hometown in years to come. But if you're wondering why he wasn't there that evening to celebrate Samantha and her accomplishments, it's because he had moved 114 miles away to Charleston, South Carolina, after graduating the year prior. But that didn't stop them from being in contact with one another, as is clearly evidenced from the fact that she had been calling him throughout the night. In fact, the final time they spoke was via FaceTime, and Samantha told Greg that he was her person, she loved him, and that she could truly be herself around him. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. 
just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. After their FaceTime ended, Greg tracked Samantha's location with her consent to make sure that she got home safely. But that never happened. Bird Dog surveillance footage captured a mass of college students on the sidewalk right outside of the entrance of the bar. Samantha was among them waiting for her Uber. At this point, it's almost 3 a.m. and the crowd is starting to dwindle as groups of students stumble off and rideshare services arrive to pick up their customers. Like so many others, Samantha gets a notification that her Uber has arrived. And that's when she approaches a dark vehicle. She soon realizes that it's not hers, so she steps back onto the sidewalk and waits. Just then, she's approached by a similar-looking car, a 2017 black Chevy Impala. Samantha enters the vehicle and shuts the door behind her. Almost immediately, something made Greg feel uneasy, even from 114 miles away, which really makes me feel that they must have been soulmates because it shows how connected and in sync they are with one another that he knew something was going on. If you remember, he's tracking Samantha to make sure that she gets home safely. As he's doing so, he notices the location of Samantha's phone is stopped on Montgomery Avenue in Rosewood, which he knows isn't where Samantha lives. And it's not a place she has any business being at three o'clock in the morning by herself. Greg calls and calls Samantha, but she never answers. Her phone soon goes dead. Meanwhile, that's when the actual Uber driver arrives at Bird Dog to pick up Samantha. The man waits and waits and drives around the block a few times before calling Samantha, but it doesn't go through. Finally, he cancels the ride and leaves. At this point, Greg's concern for Samantha grows as he still hasn't received a call from her and learns that she's not at her apartment. He then enlists Samantha's roommates to aid in his search. One of the roommates immediately heads straight to Montgomery Avenue, the last known location of Samantha's phone, according to Greg. The roommate doesn't find the phone or Samantha and eventually returns to the apartment. Both Greg and their roommate assume that Samantha may have left her phone in the Uber and decide to get some sleep because If you remember, it's three, four o'clock in the morning by now. They also figured that everything would probably be resolved when they woke up. But when they do wake up, they still haven't heard from Samantha. Now they fear that she truly has gone missing. Greg's beside himself at this point and drives the 114 miles from Charleston all the way to Columbia to look for Samantha. Greg goes straight to the Five Points District, requests to see the security footage of the surrounding businesses, and right there on the screen, he sees Samantha enter the 2017 black Chevy Impala. Not wanting to waste a minute more, Samantha's roommates call 911 at 1.30 p.m. and file a missing persons report. You know, it's so refreshing comparatively to so many other cases that we've covered where Sometimes it is a significant other that's guilty. And in this case, we got a significant other that not only was like on top of it, but is right there 
trying to find her, working with her friends and family and law enforcement and doing everything right. The responding officer does his due diligence and stops by Samantha's work to see if she's there or if she called out. But she wasn't there and she hadn't called out of work, which Greg and her roommates knew because she hadn't even come home. Eventually, Samantha's case is turned over to investigators who begin to look into any leads they can find. At this point, they're able to contact the real Uber driver and he voluntarily gives DNA that day. Eventually, we learn that he's been ruled out as a suspect, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's now 4 p.m. on Friday, not even a full 24 hours since Samantha's been missing, when a gruesome discovery is made. 90 miles away in Clarendon County, which is southeast of Columbia, a group of turkey hunters find a woman's nude and bloodied body about 40 feet off a dirt road in a wooded area. The body is quickly identified as Samantha L. Josephson. Investigators notified Samantha's family and Greg soon after. The news was like a punch in the gut to all of Samantha's loved ones. Greg recalls hearing the news before getting weak in the knees and blacking out. Dr. Thomas Beaver conducted Samantha's autopsy, and according to his report, Samantha fought hard for her life. He went on to explain that most of the wounds are on her right side, which is something you'd expect to see with a right-handed person trying to defend themselves. And despite injury to her hyoid bone, which is typically associated with manual strangulation, the coroner determined the cause of death to be multiple stab wounds from a sharp, double-bladed utility tool. There were a total of 120 unique and rapidly inflicted stab wounds all over and unique and rapidly inflicted are in quotes from the coroner's report. These wounds were on her feet, back, legs, her torso, her lung, her shoulder, and on the top and side of her head where the knife penetrated the skull to the brain. There was also a lethal wound to Samantha's carotid artery, which for those who don't know, that's one of two main arteries that carries blood to the head. The coroner believes that Samantha bled profusely from all of the wounds. He even described the process as having the force of a fire hose. It would have taken no more than 10 to 20 minutes for her to bleed out. To further underscore what the coroner's report said, for our listeners' perspective, the human body has about a gallon of blood in it. And Samantha lost all of her blood except maybe a couple of tablespoons. And the maybe a couple of tablespoons is in the coroner's report. For listeners not in the U.S., that's about almost four liters of blood that the human body holds. And it would have been about maybe 30 milliliters left in her body when they found her. On top of all of that, the coroner noted several scratch marks along Samantha's face, indicating she may have been dragged through the wooded area she was found in. This suggested that Samantha was killed elsewhere and then transported to the wooded area. It's now Saturday, the day after Samantha's body was recovered. Investigators have warned their officers to be on the lookout for a 2017 black Chevy Impala, just like the one Samantha was seen entering in the early morning hours of March 29th. Columbia officer Jeffrey Kraft sees the vehicle just blocks from Five Points District and conducts a stop. He finds two people inside 
a female passenger who will remain anonymous since she's not involved in Samantha's murder and she fully cooperated with law enforcement officers. But the second person is 24-year-old Nathaniel Rowland behind the steering wheel, who it turns out is not and has never been a driver for the rideshare companies Uber or Lyft. He simply waits in the area for an opportunity for someone to mistake his vehicle for their ride. Once stopped and asked to exit the vehicle, Nathaniel immediately took off, running from the officer. But fortunately, Officer Kraft was able to catch and arrest him for a number of offenses, including failing to stop for a police search, possession of marijuana, and suspicion of kidnapping and murder. His car was brought in to be combed for evidence, and the state law enforcement division analysts were shocked at what they found. A pool of Samantha's blood was found in the back seat and trunk, along with a container of liquid bleach, germicidal wipes, and window cleaner. Investigators quickly learned that the child safety locks and window locks in the Impala were activated, which would have made it nearly impossible for anyone to open the back doors from the inside of the vehicle. Essentially, that means Samantha had been imprisoned in Nathaniel's car as he had attacked her. Samantha's cell phone was discovered inside the glove box and through cell phone records, investigators were able to prove Nathaniel and Samantha were together at the time of her disappearance. Samantha's cell phone cut off mysteriously 20 minutes after the video cameras at Bird Dog had captured her entering Nathaniel's black Chevy Impala. But Nathaniel's didn't. In fact, his phone's location services kept going. It documented Nathaniel driving into the Rosewood community up Sumter Highway into Sumter and New Zion. Nathaniel's phone eventually led investigators to the same location where Samantha's body had been dumped two miles from his family home. Further direct and circumstantial evidence began to stack up against Nathaniel. There's ATM surveillance that shows Nathaniel in flip-flops as he seems to desperately try to gain access and withdraw money from Samantha's Wells Fargo account. He tried a total of nine times before calling it quits. When news spread of Samantha's grisly murder, a cell phone repair shop owner came forward. He said that Nathaniel had tried selling him a phone the day of Samantha's murder. The resources didn't say why the owner had refused to buy the phone, but he eventually testified saying he believed the phone to be Samantha's. Investigators then found Samantha's bloody clothes behind Nathaniel's ex-girlfriend Maria's home. In addition to a trash can containing the multi-tool used to stab Samantha. Now the name Maria is a pseudonym, It appears in quotes in a number of the resources, so that's what I'm going with. But it's obviously someone who's indirectly involved. He wasn't hiding much of anything, if you ask me, between obvious blood evidence being all over his car, going to an ATM where I feel like most of us understand we're on camera when we're at an ATM, knowing that his cell phone and her cell phone were on him the whole time, He wasn't hiding anything. At this point, investigators officially charged Nathaniel with three things. Possession of a weapon during a violent crime, kidnapping, and murder. He's held without bond and he awaited his trial for two years where he faced the possibility of parole, if convicted. In response to all of this, Nathaniel's parents and family came together. They were shocked by his arrest and truly believed that he had no part in it whatsoever. 
They say that he was at a party when the kidnapping and murder occurred. And it's hard for them to believe that their son and friend and family member could have done this. However, that's not to say that Nathaniel's parents and family are in denial. His father, Henry Rowland, acknowledges that his son should pay the consequences if he's proven guilty. In fact, he's quoted in one of the resources as saying, if he did it and the he is Nathaniel in this instance, I'll be the first one to put him behind bars, lock him up, and throw away the key. Nathaniel's trial eventually occurred this year in 2021. The jury pool was reduced from 700 potential jurors down to 12 jurors and four alternates, 10 women and six men. Judge Clifton Newman ruled that only two of the 100 photos from Samantha's autopsy could be shown to the jury. And he did this due to fear of the gruesome images swaying the jury against Nathaniel. So he was really trying his best to give Nathaniel a fair trial. While I truly respect the judge's decision not to allow the rest of the photos into the trial, it also shows us that Samantha's attack was truly gruesome. The fact that they weren't able to show 98% of the photos says a lot about that. Nathaniel's defense attorney argued that investigators failed to find DNA evidence linking Nathaniel to Samantha Slain. Here's a quote from his lawyer at the trial. It starts, zero. That's the amount of DNA on Samantha Josephson's body that matches Nathaniel Rowland. Zero. It's not on her clothing. It's not under her ripped and torn fingernails. And it's not on her ankles. The trial lasted about five days and the jury returned with a unanimous verdict after two hours of deliberations. Nathaniel Rowland was found guilty on all accounts. Wasting no time, State Circuit Judge Clifton Newman sentenced Nathaniel immediately after his conviction. Judge Newman passed down a sentence of life in prison before telling the court, and this is in quotes, for whoever asked me for leniency, that's not part of my DNA. He then called Nathaniel Rowland heartless and evil. Despite Nathaniel's conviction, he maintains his innocence. He eventually made a statement after he was sentenced to life in prison, and this is what he had to say. But I guess what I know and what I think really doesn't matter. I just wish the state would have done more finding out who the actual person was instead of detaining me and proving my guilt. To which Judge Newman responded, there's a thousand trails each that lead to you. All of the evidence, each speck of the evidence, not simply beyond a reasonable doubt, but as the highest standard the law requires, all points to your guilt. And if you remember, there's a lot of evidence that points to Nathaniel. Security video, cell phone tracking data, the murder weapon, a pool of Samantha's blood in his car. It really was stacked against him. Now, because the trial was so recent, we don't know if he's going to appeal the conviction, but that's something that only time will tell. Samantha's murder and the following trial of Nathaniel Rowland received national attention. And it started a dialogue on the safety of ride-sharing services and of the necessity of verifying the driver is who they say they are. This dialogue soon turned into action and it's prompted real changes. 
South Carolina lawmakers enacted a measure that requires drivers to make license plates visible in the front of their vehicles, and it even created a criminal penalty for people who impersonate Uber, Lyft, and other ride-sharing drivers. Additionally, a bill put forth by legislative representatives in Samantha's home county in New Jersey addresses safety concerns raised as a result of this tragic occurrence. Samantha's family and community aren't ones to stay on the sidelines either. They remain active in their pursuit to keep others from experiencing Samantha's same fate. The Josephson family founded the hashtag What's My Name Foundation in honor of Samantha. Their mission, as stated on their website, is to educate the world on rideshare safety while supporting charitable organizations and providing college scholarships to selected high school seniors. Additionally, their goal is to keep Samantha's story alive while making a lasting change. If you're sitting there wondering what hashtag what's my name means, the name of the foundation comes from a simple safety question that one should ask before getting into a rideshare. That question is, what's my name? Essentially, it means that you should be asking the driver to verify their identity and acknowledge that they're supposed to be picking you up. While doing that, the Josephson family wants you to also remember Samantha's name every time you do so. They use the acronym SAMI, S-A-M-I, which is what Samantha answered to when around close friends and family. This acronym stands for Stop, Ask, Match, and Inform. They want you to stop and plan ahead. Before you request a ride, think about where you're headed and review the safety features in the app so that you know how to use them. Next, they want you to ask your driver, what's my name, in order to confirm that they have booked a trip with you through the ride-sharing app, whatever it may be. Next, they want you to match. They want you to take the time and match the model, make, and license plate of the car to be matching the one that's displayed in the app. Lastly, they want you to inform. Share the details of your trip with a friend. Utilize the share status function in your rideshare sharing app in order for another person to know where you are in case something were to happen. I'm going to end today's episode with an excerpt from the eulogy delivered by Samantha's father, Seymour Josephson. He says, I will always love you, think about you, worry about you, and I will always have your voice inside my head saying, Dad, you had so much more to do, you will not be forgotten. You could never be. We will never forget your name, Samantha Josephson, Samantha Josephson. That's a beautiful quote. I think for our listeners, I'd also like to end with giving them just a concise list of what you should do before getting in a rideshare vehicle. I know, Natalie, just a few moments ago, you listed a couple, but here's um, a really important concise list. First, when you believe the car has arrived, double check the make and model license plate in the app to the car that you are about to get into. Number two, ask the driver who they're picking up. So if they don't know your name, then that's not your ride because your ride will already know what your name is or they will be able to look that up on their side of the app. Check that your driver matches the picture provided. And if it doesn't, then don't get in the car even if they say, oh, I'm her boyfriend or I'm his girlfriend. I'm just riding for him tonight because he's sick. Don't get in the car. and. 
Number four is the most important. Find the child lock on the side of the door. And next to where the child lock is on the side of the door, the door part that swings out, you will be able to usually see some kind of indication of which position is locked and which position is unlocked. So when the child lock is engaged, it'll be in the lock position. And when it is not uh, engaged, then it will be in the unlocked position. As a reminder to some people who may not be super aware of how child lock works, it means that you can't open the door from the inside as described in Samantha's case. So this is where we're going to leave the episode for this week. Until our next episode, you know where to find us at the Murder Diaries pod on Instagram at the Murder Diaries pod at gmail.com and the Murder Diaries podcast.com. And to Samantha, a very happy birthday this Friday, the 13th of August. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.